increasingly, I think our world is in our in Western culture is becoming pagan, and, and our our schools are becoming pagan. Our media is becoming pagan. It's not becoming scientific. It's becoming pagan is really what it's becoming. Scientific. No. Uh, There is an agenda, (laughs) and it is not to proclaim the word of God. I'll tell you that. Not at all. I got a great show for you today. In fact, I got a great, great guest from creationtoday.org, Eric Hovind. So I'm just going to introduce him to you right now. Here is is Eric. Eric, how you doing, brother, man? And uh, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Pastor AJ. Appreciate you giving me the opportunity to hang out with you for a little bit. It's it's always a joy to serve Christ and to serve the body of Christ with fellow believers. So thank you. Tell me a little bit about your ministry, because I, I spend a lot of time trying to tell my audience about this topic of like creation, evolution. Um, I have a sign up in our uh, local YMCA right now that says teach creation science in public schools. So obviously I'm passionate about it. Uh, And, uh, you know, I I feel like it ought to at least be taught alongside the theory of evolution uh, to our kids because it's, it's that important of of an issue. So uh, obviously it is to you too, but tell us about, tell us about creation today. Uh, Maybe how people can access some of your content and uh, just kind of what made you so passionate about this topic. I don't want to demean anybody, but the smarter you get, the more you realize creation (laughs) is important today. I mean, the more you learn, the more you see what's going on in this world, you're like, oh my goodness, we got to get back to a foundation. So creationtoday.org exists really for one reason, and that is to exalt the holiness and righteousness of God and proclaim the glory of God as the creator and the redeemer of mankind. Uh, I Think of probably one of my favorite verses in the Bible. I've always got it open here. It's uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, verse 21. For he, God, made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And when you're dealing with a culture that doesn't understand uh, where they came from or where they're going, and that means they don't know why they're here, that means they're lost. And Jesus said, I come to seek and save the lost. And so... CreationToday.org, our goal is uh, is kind of simple. We want to take the stumbling blocks that are keeping people from seeing this truth and get them to understand this truth. The Bible says Satan is the one who has blinded the minds of people so that they do not see the truth. So through the power of God, we just try to open the eyes of the blind man, help them to understand the truth. And we do that through a, a weekly television show called The Creation Today Show. Uh, we run CreationToday.org and about 10 other affiliate websites, including sites that make it easy to share your faith, like whyaboutyourcoffee.com, and sites that help you find answers, like searchcreation.org, indexes the top 43 apologetic websites in the world. Uh, but our goal is to take the stumbling blocks that keep people from trusting in uh, or having faith in, in God and in Christ into stepping stones uh, and encouraging and assisting them along their journey to know God and put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. So, Amen. I love uh, that. Really I- who we are, man. We just recognize, it's like, when you see the the harmony between science and scripture, all of a sudden, your faith and your trust in God explodes. <laughs> you realize that, that God's word really is truth. And that gives you incredible boldness because your foundation is secure. So that's what we want to do for people, man. Give them an unshakable yeah, faith. Yeah, amen. I love it. And I love your, uh, I love your, your not just your passion and your zeal, but uh, your commitment to the spiritual side of things too, because a lot of times people might just focus on the science. And I feel like when I'm trying to share Christ with people, a lot of times they're just kind of hung up on evolution, but they don't see 
the spiritual side of things. So, you know, super cool that you're, uh, that you're focused on that and that you um, incorporate that into your ministry. This is a ministry that you run. It's a ministry. It's not yeah. just a, you know, you're, you're not just trying to show people the science, but you see the the point, the meaning behind the science, I guess, maybe. Is that a good way of saying it? That's probably my biggest deal. I grew up listening to lots of apologetic stuff uh, with my dad being an apologist. And my big deal is how do we combine not only the science, but also the scripture into a workable um challenge that's challenging us in how we live our life. How am I being the husband that God has called me to be, the wife God has called me to be, the child God has called me to be, the the employer and the employee God has called me to be. So when we understand this, yes, it should come down, trickle down and affect every single area of our life. And if we don't bring it all the way to there, it's kind of like, wow, you got a lot of people that now know a lot of stuff, got a lot of head knowledge, but is the heart really more conform to uh, holiness to what God wants. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your dad, because I've uh, seen a lot of his content uh, going back many years. Uh, you know, he, he obviously did a great job communicating the truths of creation and Jesus to people. Um, tell us a little bit about him. And I'm assuming that had a big influence on the direction you went in life. Yeah, for sure. I've known my dad pretty much all my life. Uh, I've, uh, <laughs> uh, I was actually the one child that was born at home. He was a high school math and science teacher, biology, anatomy teacher. He saw my brother being born and he's like, I got this. So rolled up the sleeves and he delivered me himself there at home. Wow. Uh, but because, yeah, uh, kind of cool serious? there in Illinois. So. Yeah, he really did. Holy now, my sister cow. was born at the hospital, so I don't know what went wrong with me, but uh, <laughs> I, I was born at home and my younger sister born at the hospital. Oh, my that, goodness. That's taking homeschooling just, to a whole new level. Yeah. He loved science, man. He just, he loved experiments. We loved building his dad, and, and he had built lots of stuff growing up. Uh, and so, man, I got to I got to build houses with my dad, do remodeling with my dad. Wow. Built my dad and I. My own house that I'm living in right now, uh, we um, always doing science experiments and always teaching. So, yeah, you know, yeah. I spent years of my life traveling with my dad and listening to his uh, his his whatever his lectures, sermons, seminars. Uh, it was just it was always always fun. He, he, it's I, I say it like this: nobody did it like he did it back then. I mean, there was nobody that really that really did it the way my dad did it and engaged and captivating in this charismatic personality. It was just, it's really incredible. And so the biggest need that I see is the fact that so many people need this truth. And, and I'm like, man, I, my dad was hitting the nail on the head. This is creation is important today. His ministry was called creation science evangelism because he wanted to use creation science as a means of evangelism. And boy, that certainly rubbed off on me. I'm, I'm, yeah, right. I'm desiring to use creation and apologetics and science as a means for evangelism. So uh, I obviously heavily influenced by my dad and then heavily influenced by uh, Ken Ham, who was one of my teachers in college from Answers oh, in Genesis. Get out. Where, where did uh, and, you have him in college? Uh, Jackson Hole Bible College. Oh my goodness! Little plug: JHBC Jackson Hole Bible College. <laughs> edu. Oh my goodness! One year concentrated Bible. That's all you get is Bible. My daughter just finished her year there, and uh, it's so she's the very first second generation student. I was the very first year of the college when it started. 
one year of, you get nothing but Bible. It's all Bible for a full year. What an incredible foundation you're going to get in the Word of God at jhbc.edu. So That's highly incredible. recommend that. And then I was saved watching Hell's Best Kept Secret with Ray Comfort. So grew up in this incredible wow. home, but was the product of a church environment rather than a disciple of Jesus Christ. And so it was Ray Comfort's Hell's Best Kept Secret message that woke me up out of my slumber and opened, allowed God to open my eyes to the truth of who I was before him. So uh, I, am, I am the offspring of my father, and yeah. the, the ministry I, I have is, is a combination of all those apologetics with Ken Ham and my dad and the evangelism of Ray Comfort. That's who uh, creation today is. I was just going to say Eric you took Oakland. the words out of my mouth. You are the product of many good apologists. And I, I think <laughs> yeah, well, in, in today's day and age, that's so, so important. Um, one thing I, I thought of that your dad said about how, you know, evolutionists will make fun of creationists because they'll say, we just take things by faith and believe in magic, but evolutionists believe that life came from a rock. And I, I always remember yes. that, that statement that he made and, and how ridiculous it makes uh, evolutionists and particularly atheistic evolutionists sound because they're basically believing in magic. Um, and, and so, you know, I spend a lot of time uh, in this kind of ministry because I'm trying not just to influence people online, but also people in my own community. I have a son who is in the public school system here. Uh, fortunately, we live in a conservative area, so we don't have a lot of uh, the issues that you do have in other places, although it, it is a public school system and he does live in the world uh, just like we all do. And so I spend a lot of time trying to just tell people bullet points. Why should they believe in creation science? Why should they believe in a literal six-day creation? Why should they believe in a young earth? And so, uh, you know, I was taught in seminary to give an elevator speech for the gospel. Yeah. So I was going to ask you to give an elevator speech for why somebody could, you know, what's, what's like one big reason old earth theories are off base? And, and maybe wow. one big reason a person should listen to what young earth creationists have to say, like, you know, kind of your, your one big reason, your takeaway. Man, well, I got a bunch, but if I was giving you one, it would, it would be one simple thing. Hey there, I've got a question for you. Have you subscribed to this channel yet? If not, you need to do it right now and turn on those notifications so that you don't miss any of my content. In addition, you can have access to the full-length, unedited version of this video by going to PastorAJ.com and becoming a channel member for as little as $7 a month. You can partner with Gospel Ministries and help us to continue to produce this kind of content and share the gospel with those who need it. The authority of Scripture. Okay. You cannot, you cannot look at the Word of God. Now, this comes down to the, the, the Bible is revelation from God. And now, when you that's a whole other subject. But when you truly understand that you cannot have any truth at all if it is not revealed from the one who has all truth, if you, when you truly understand that, all of a sudden it gives you a respect and a reverence for the Bible gives you a respect and a reverence for the revelation of God. So if it was an elevator speech, I'd say, hey, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You get to Genesis chapter 5, Genesis chapter 10, and in the book of Matthew, it gives you the genealogies. Adam was 130 years old when he had Seth. Seth was 105 years old when he had Enos. Some people say, oh, they, they, they might have skipped some generations there. I don't care how many they skipped. I don't. Uh, there are some places where they did skip names, but they give a number 
130, 105, 90. You can add them up. You get 2,000 years from Adam to Abraham. You get 2,000 years from Abraham to Christ. And here we are about 2,000 years after Christ. You cannot, from a biblical perspective, come up with an old earth scenario. Now, if I had more time, if we were going up to a higher floor on the elevator, I'd take it to step number two. <laughs> step number two is if you understood the origin of old earth origins, you would never want to believe it as a Christian. The entire old earth worldview was developed by people who were trying to destroy the credibility of the Bible. Yeah. I, it blows my mind. Now, when you study James Hutton and Charles Lyell, who led to uh, Richard Dawkins and evolution, and you realize the Bible says in the last days, you know, uh, men are going to be willingly ignorant. They're going to be scoffers that are willingly ignorant of three things, the creation, the flood, and the coming judgment of God. And when you realize James Hutton invented old earth ideas with his book in 1795, and then the church for some reason adopted it, even though that book was designed to justify his extra marital affairs, uh, wow. his, his desire to do what he wanted sexually. He was trying to destroy the Bible because it's what was governing the, the laws of the land. And at, at 21, he got a girl pregnant and they separated them. She went to England, he went to Paris. And man, he was just on this journey to destroy the credibility of the Bible. And he wanted to do that through science. So the whole development of old earth origins, the origin of old earth origins was to destroy the Bible. So I don't know what floor we're at yet, but those are two really good reasons uh, that you ought to question old earth thinking. Well, we're going to pretend it's a long elevator ride and uh, we're, we're going up the, the World Trade Center. So uh, I, I think that is a great starting place. That's, I think that's a great ground floor level issue and it's something a lot of people don't understand today because they've just bought into this scientific myth, this modern religious myth. The starting place of the Bible is like, it, it's crucial. A lot of people... They, they don't understand that they have a starting place. Um, but then when they get into the science of it too, uh, there's there's just simple like nuts and bolts of the science that doesn't work either. The way Ken Ham says it, there's uh, millions of dead things buried in rock layers laid down by water all over the earth. I think that's the way he says it, right? If you had an accent, man, that would sound just like him. That would have <laughs> so, been perfect. It's seared in my mind, I think, because I've heard him say it so many times. But it's so true. Yeah. I think if I was like... You know, some bullet points for you. What what are some like two or three pieces of evidence that just show how ridiculous old age theories are? Yeah, here's what's interesting. I can give evidence. The deal is we all have the same evidence. And this is what this is what I, I, I hope people start really grasping. It's not like young earth creationists have a pile of evidence that we're keeping from everybody else. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like the old earth creationists are going, oh yeah, well, we've got radiometric dating and we've got this and that, we got dinosaur bones. We've all got the exact same evidence. The question is, how do we interpret the evidence? So we're all looking at the same stuff. You mentioned rock layers. The layers around the world are called sedimentary layers. Sedimentary literally means laid down by water. I go, guys, this is great evidence of the flood. And they're like, oh, no, this is evidence of millions of years. So now let's examine that evidence and go, is it millions of years? If it was millions of years, you would expect to see erosion in between the rock layers. Yeah. You don't. 
they're flat. You would expect to see trees that have grown roots down into the next layer. You don't see that. There's no root structures of trees going through the different layers. You would expect to see what they call bioturpidation. Uh, when you got out in your yard, you probably have uh, bugs, worms, insects, moles, things like that that are constantly tilling up the ground. Well, as this process takes place, and that's in land or in water, you would never get a clear dividing line showing one kind of layer with another kind of layer. It seems as though the layers are sorted by grain size, weight, and density, and we actually have hydrologic sorting that has taken place around the world. A global flood is the only thing that makes sense of this evidence that we see. So yeah, that layers to the rock are one evidence. The soft tissue and dinosaur bones, I've held these bones in my hand, dinosaur bones that are not even fossilized. Bones that are partly fossilized, partly unfossilized. Blood inside dinosaur bones. Blood vessels inside of dinosaur bones that cannot even last 100,000 years. The old Earth worldview puts dinosaurs 65, dying out 65 million years ago, yet we find in them proteins and and 16 different biochemicals that cannot last for more than 100,000 years. And I just go, it seems like the evidence that we find fits with the young earth worldview. It seems like everything was buried in a flood. All the fossils that we have in the world today, trillions of fossils under normal conditions, nothing fossilizes. Things don't fossilize under normal conditions. Something has to get buried quickly with mud and water in order to turn into a fossil. That's well, incredible. Yeah, I had uh, it really speaks for itself. And I think one of the things that you demonstrate is the bias that goes into uh, the evolutionary community they're not aware of because uh, a lot of people don't realize that evolutionists actually believe in, I think, up to six global floods, but you don't hear Except- it. Yes. You don't hear that talked about. And the reason I don't think you read about that in science textbooks, or I, I didn't come out of my uh, education in the public school system really having an awareness of that, is because they don't like how it sounds. They don't like how it sounds that they're the, uh, there's sedimentary rock layer all over the earth and that, that there were floods, that those layers had to be laid down by water because I think it might lead people to the conclusions that you've described. You know, probably one of the biggest things for me, this isn't a, this is more of the back to the theological perspective rather than the scientific, but what kind of a world did the creator of the universe make? Did he did he create a world filled with death and suffering or did he create a world yeah. that was perfect? And what kind of a world are we going to look forward to? I mean, when when God makes a new heaven and a new earth, is that going to be filled with death and suffering? The every old earth Christian out there has to believe in a God that created a world filled with death and suffering in order to billions of years later finally bring about mankind and then for some reason still say that death came into the world because of sin and then die on the cross in order to redeem mankind from the penalty of sin, which is death, even though death is how he originally created everything. It it makes all of theology fall apart. So while I don't think the age of the earth is essential to salvation, the age of the earth is critical to the doctrine that makes salvation necessary. Yeah. Why did Christ die? So from the from the science, from the theology, from the scripture, you got to understand the young earth worldview is not only accurate, it's also important. It's the right starting point for everything else to make sense.
You know, uh, it seems to me like more and more Christians are actually referring to Darwin's theories as religion and myth. They're using religious terminology in terms of talking about topics that we would typically consider science. Obviously, we would say that's a relative term based on how it's used today and how oftentimes things like bias uh, and ideology go into the conclusions that people draw. So, uh, like, based on what you just said, why is this assessment of Darwinian evolution and many things that people would call science today, why is this an accurate characterization? Um, the idea of religion, the idea of some of these things as religion, as ideology, because it might, that, that concept might sound foreign to someone when we talk like that about the issue of, of science or quote, science. Yeah, I was to say, quote, science, really more evolution. And uh, to understand it, I think it's helpful to understand a couple of different terms. Um, The term science means knowledge. Specifically, it's knowledge that is derived from observation and study. Things that we can see, we can test, we can demonstrate. That's where we get the scientific method, you know, hypothesis, test, conclusion, hypothesis, test, results, conclusion, and you keep going through this. So science is things that we can know because we can see, test, and demonstrate. Uh, A religion is a set of beliefs concerning the cause, nature, and purpose of the universe. Well, if we look at evolution, we have to realize, first of all, there are six different definitions of evolution. And when you break them down, that's when it starts becoming clear. Now, the evolution worldview does not break them down into six different types. They're like, no, 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 evolution is just evolution. It's just change over time. Well, that's a very simplistic definition of evolution, but what do you mean by that? And it turns out when you examine the evolution worldview, you'll find six different types of evolution. You got cosmic evolution, the origin of time, okay. space, matter, and energy. Where did the whole universe actually come from? Well, Let me ask you something. Is any theory about cosmic evolution or the origin of the universe, is any theory going to be scientific? Can we see, test, or demonstrate the origins of the universe? No. So it's already you're outside of science with cosmic evolution. You can't see, test, or demonstrate it. They came up with the Big Bang or string theory or the multiverse, and now they're saying there are an infinite number of universes out there which is crazy in and of itself. I did it one of my Creation Today shows on that subject, and the guy said, yeah, actually, every science fiction movie you see happened somewhere in some universe. Everything you can imagine could have happened, that's happened in some universe. Anyway, it's just, that's the absurdity that they're, absurdity that they're, they're, they're willing to rely on in order to avoid, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So cosmic evolution doesn't fit science. It's a religious worldview. Chemical evolution. How did we get all the different elements today? 108 elements on the chart that we had to memorize in high school. How do you get all the different elements from hydrogen and helium? You can't see, test, or demonstrate it. So that one can't be part of science. Uh, Then you got stellar and planetary evolution. Well, we've never seen a star form. We see areas of the sky get brighter. We've never seen one form. And even if we could, they say it takes millions of years for a star to form. So you can't see, test, or demonstrate star formation or planets forming. And there's a lot of stars out there. I don't know if you realize this, Pastor AJ, but there's like um, scientists estimate there are 70 sextillion stars in our universe. That's the number 70 followed by 21 zeros. Wow. My That's a goodness. lot of stars. That's a lot. Now, if you were to get all of those stars to form... In the time frame that they've given us, they've given us 13.4 billion years to form all those stars. 
Now, well, actually, they changed it. 13.8 billion years as of a couple <laughs> years ago. 13.8 billion years to form all those stars. Okay. Um, how fast would you have to make stars in order to get 76 trillion stars in just 13.8 billion years? You run the math on it. Pastor AJ, you'd have to be creating stars at the rate of 165,000 per second. Holy cow. To get the number of stars we have in our universe today. So, again, it's not part of science. It's a religion. Sorry, this is this is another long elevator ride. So you got cosmic doesn't work. <laughs> chemical doesn't work. Stellar and planetary doesn't work. Organic evolution, the origin of life from non-life. We've never seen Tesla to demonstrated that. Miller and Yuri did not produce life in the lab. We've never replicated their results. Seems like something fishy was going on there. They produced a couple of amino acids. They did not produce life. And they produced right and left-handed amino acids, and you can only have left-handed for life. Everything else they created would kill life. So you can't see, test, or demonstrate the origin of life. Not scientific. It's a religious worldview. You're welcome to believe in it, but don't call it science. Yeah. And then you got macroevolution and microevolution. Macro is big evolution, changing from one kind of animal to another kind. We've never seen that. So that's a religious worldview. It's not part of science. Microevolution is minor changes within kinds. That's the only thing we've, we've observed. And I would call that adaptation. That's a design feature invented by the creator of the universe in order to help us understand or in order to help us to adapt to the new environments. Well, so, I, I think you just did a video... Um, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. You, you just did a video on stasis and uh, how there are certain, there's some fossils that appear to be unchanged for 400 plus million years, supposedly 400 plus million years. But um, I, I mean, I, I would say just as a rational thinking person, that is a major uh, strike against evolution, the, the idea of stasis in the fossil yes. record. I mean, to exist even for even one thing to exist, but we have, I guess, hundreds of examples of this in the fossil record showing that this, what you're talking about is adaptation or diversification in, in the diversity in, the, in, in organisms that God built into us didn't go to the point of species uh, developing into whole new species, apes turning into men or, uh, you know, fish get, growing legs and walking out of the water, that kind of a thing. You know, you, you see... And maybe you can speak to that a little bit and say how show how that is a strike against how an evolutionist might say, hey, look, there's there is diversification, and so you just carry that out over millions of years, and look, uh, you get evolution. Yeah, when you look at the fossil record, it is abundantly clear animals have not changed because you're look they're looking at they're looking at the fossil record and they're seeing oh look we see clams at the bottom then we get to here then we get to the dinosaurs then we get to the mammals then we get to the birds and they're they're seeing this in the fossil record and they're going oh it must have evolved that way so they're taking their hypothesis and they're putting it on top of the evidence and assuming their hypothesis is true when they look at the evidence when in reality you've got what they call the cambrian explosion when all these fossils come onto the scene the Cambrian explosion is not the origin of all the life all of a sudden. The Cambrian explosion is, boom, that's the death of all life in the flood. That's what it's evidence of. So you got the Cambrian explosion that happens. And, yeah, when you look at the fossil record, you go, wow, hang on. This shrimp in the fossil record, they're saying is supposedly 400 million years old, and yet it looks identical to shrimps that are alive today. Nothing has changed. 
And this, I mean, you can do this with spiders, with lizards, with trees, with leaves, with ferns, with uh, vertebrates, with uh, centipedes and millipedes. Everywhere we look in the fossil record, you compare it to the fossil alive today and you're like, huh, it hasn't changed. It hasn't evolved. So nowhere does the fossil record provide evidence of evolution. The fossil record provides evidence of the death of all life during the global flood. Mm -hmm. Again, what does it take to make a fossil? It takes an animal being buried with mud or water, and the global flood is what would make sense of that. So, so switching this gears is a, a little elevator, bit, but it's worth it. Yeah, yeah. You you don't just talk theory, but you actually. I mean, you you take this into practice. So I I, I just love your, your your passion for this topic and uh, and your passion for Jesus as well. Um, I think that's something that comes across when you communicate. Uh, when you discuss creation and science and all of that. Um, I recently came across a video of you, and I'm not sure where you were. Maybe you can explain this a little bit. But uh, um, it, it actually made me appreciate what you do even more because it it really touches on a lot of what we spoke about today, and that is the bias, the mythology, the religious components of what we see today in science uh, you stood on an atheistic monument and basically proclaimed the gospel. And as a pastor, as somebody who appreciates what we see in the book of Acts, how Paul reasoned with people, and he he shared the biblical narrative to the people of his day and talked to the people in Athens about how all men descended from one man. I think that's a great scripture for for evolutionists today, How uh, and from Acts 17, where, where every man came from one man. But... Uh, but but you you did that. You stood up on a on a monument, on a religious monument, and you proclaimed the gospel. Uh, I was wondering if you could kind of explain a little bit about that because it showed me a, a whole different side of you, and I think something that we need more of today from Christians. You know, I, I do wish Christians were more bold in taking a stand on what right is and on the reality that we are created by God. And I find a lot of Christians timid. And that's, again, one of the reasons creation today exists is we want to strengthen your faith and give, when, when you really understand the harmony between science and scripture, oh my goodness, there's no stopping you. You become a, a force for good in this world. Um, and th- this that particular video happened a couple years ago. Uh, the American atheist had sued the Bradford County Courthouse in Stark, Florida, saying you can't have the Ten Commandments in front of the courthouse. I remember that. Well, they lost. They they ended up losing that lawsuit. Okay. So the the uh, the atheist said, well, if you're allowed to have a religious monument, I'm allowed to have a religious monument. The court said, okay, you can put up a religious monument. And so it was the very first monument to atheism in the history of America. We had never had one before. And I remember hearing about this, and I thought that seems like something I'd like to go attend, like go check out. They're going to have this big dedication ceremony. And, <laughs> and uh, I looked at my schedule and I, I was already committed to speak somewhere that weekend. And I was like, oh, it's not going to work. And then I looked closer. I was actually preaching in Jacksonville, Florida, and the Atheist Monument was in Stark, Florida. They're one hour apart. I didn't have to preach till four o'clock and this was happening at noon. And I was like, well, God, I guess you want me to go. You know, I think this is what you want me to do. So we go there, had a great time talking to the atheists. And then they gave their speeches at their dedication ceremony. They had a blanket covering the monument. They uncovered it. 
And, uh, and then there, uh, they sat with, uh, they, they went over to this monument, they made it a bench, and they were sitting there with the American uh, atheist president, David Silverman. And as David sat there and got pictures with people, I'm standing there kind of in the background, just like, man, I, I, think I, sh- I think somebody should tell these people about, you know, the real gospel. Like there are all, hundreds of atheists gathered right here. Somebody should just declare the gospel. And honestly, <laughs> I, it was just a thought that went through my mind. And all of a sudden, God was like, Eric, why not you? And I'm like, gulp, uh, no thanks. I mean, <laughs> what? no way I'm not going to do that. And then I'm looking at their bench, and the side of the bench has like this big giant uh, podium is what I would call it. I was like, well... I don't know, maybe I should. Maybe I should just share a quick gospel message while everybody's <laughs> gathered here. And then David Silverman, the atheist, he turned around. I just debated him a couple months earlier. Uh, and by the way, it's in a video. You can get it at creationtoday.org. It's uh, a movie a friend of mine, Cy Tim Kate did called How to Answer the Fool. And you can download it free on our website. How, just look up How to Answer the Fool on uh, creationtoday.org. Powerful movie, by the way. You ought to check it out. And uh, he, he's like, he turns around. David does. And he's like, Hovind, are you photobombing me? And I'm like, well, there's my sign. So I just stepped up there with the intent of just simply sharing the gospel message. And I started by asking or thanking them for their tolerance, thinking that they would tolerate me on their monument, but it, it, that didn't work. They started yelling at me. So yeah, I just that's, shared uh, the gospel it, with them very quickly and then stepped down. It, it's like, uh, you know, it's like God provided the the opportunity, the platform. God provided the, I, I was thinking of Acts 17 and how they had a statue to an unknown God. They, you know, the atheists apparently had a, had a memorial to a God they don't believe in. <laughs> so, yes. So, yes. Uh, you know, I, I think very appropriate the way, uh, the way Paul, the way he, he, just boldly went into uh, a pagan environment. Increasingly, I think our world is in our in Western culture is becoming pagan, and 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 our our schools are becoming pagan. Our uh, media is becoming pagan. It, it's and it's not becoming science. It's not becoming scientific. It's becoming pagan is really no. what it's becoming. And and uh, I don't think we could have gone through the the entire pandemic that we've gone through and then say yes, our media is trying to be scientific. No. Uh, there is an agenda, and it yeah. is not to proclaim the word of God. I'll tell you that, not yeah. at all. Amen, amen. Well, hey, my friend, it was great talking to you today, and I think uh, our audience really, really enjoyed this. Um, and uh, look forward to even doing it again at some point. But do you have any closing thoughts or any uh, anything you want to part with? How can people connect with you? And uh, is there anything you want them to watch out for? Wow. Well, I mean, creationcentered.org exists. Uh, We partner with people just to try to change the world, just like you. That's what we're trying to do. Change the world one person at a time. And uh, we just want creationcentered.org to be a resource that equips people uh, and and teaches them to know God and teaches them how to share God and their faith in Him with the world. So that's really why we're there. And if we can bless you in any way through our shows or through our resources or through uh, the, the blogs and podcasts that we do, man, use it and share it. It's uh, it's it's designed as something for you to use. You don't need to give us credit and then share it with your friends and family and share it with the world. So, uh, man, go forth. Bill Bright, the, uh, the, the founder of Campus Crusade for Christ, said less than 2% of Christians actively share their faith. Be part of that 2% or change it. Mm. Let's make it three or four or five or 10 But man, be about the Lord's business. Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, said, he that winneth souls is wise. What are you doing for the glory of God? If you're not doing anything, you need to get busy. 
do something for the glory of God. So we offer tracks. I mean, I got our little, we make movies, Night at the Creation Museum. I got a little card you can get. I give, I carry these all the time. And it's so easy. I see a family, they got kids. I go up to the dad or mom and I say it loud enough so the kids can hear, hey, do your kids like movies? Well, of course the kids like movies. Like who doesn't, you know? I say, hey, uh, we make movies or, you know, hey, uh, th- this is a great kids movie. They'd love it. Night at the Creation Museum. It's got a great message. And it's a super easy thing to pass out. Got a little QR code on there. So anyway, tracks, resources, anything we can do to help you share your faith. I love our whyboughtyourcoffee.com cards. It's a little card that has a cup of coffee on one side. And on the other side, it just has a QR code with the website, whyboughtyourcoffee.com. And this is designed to make it easy for you to share your faith. You buy somebody's coffee, you hand them this card, and you walk away. That's it. Curiosity kills the cat every oh, wow, single time. I love that. They end up going to whyboughtyourcoffee.com, and it's every Christian story, and it ends up being a story that ends up being the gospel message. So an easy way to share your faith. But wow. we just want to help you to do what God has called you to do. That's our goal. Anyway, we can do that. Amen. I love it, my friend. And thank you again so much for joining us. Uh, uh, friends, go and go to creationtoday.org. Check it out. There's a lot of great resources there. You can also partner with the ministry to unlock uh, full content. And uh, you can also check them out. He's on social media, uh, YouTube. Um, where else are you, Eric? Yeah, so between Twitter and uh Instagram and Facebook and YouTube, just all of them, either at Creation Today or my name, at Eric Hoven. You'll find all of our stuff on okay. all the social media sites right there. Awesome. Cool. Well, hey, I'm going to close this in a word of prayer, and uh, and then I guess we'll say goodbye. Lord God, we just thank you so much for who you are, and uh, we just want to pray, God, that people's hearts are open to this topic because we know how important this is. We know that this modern myth is deceiving people. It is leading an entire generation of young people astray, uh, and it's hindering many, many people from coming to a knowledge of, of the one true God and his son, Jesus Christ. And so, God, we just want to pray uh, lovingly that this culture would be won over to the truths of the gospel, starting in Genesis, that uh, people would start to see some of these scientific things so that they could come to the knowledge of Christ. But, God, we just pray in Jesus' name for that uh, that the eyes of their hearts would be opened so that they could understand and see and and just be open-minded, Lord. We pray if there's a person out there today who who maybe is closed off to some of these things and, and he or she thinks they're ridiculous, uh, thinks that this is just, this is a myth, then God, we just, we just pray for a, an open-minded uh, heart to, to be able to see, to be willing to explore and try something new and uh, see it from a different vantage point so that they could come to a fuller relation, relationship with Jesus. And uh, God, we just also want to lift up Eric and his ministry to you, Creation Today. And God, we just thank you for what they're doing. We pray that you would provide all of their needs and continue to give them great uh, influence and fruitfulness in this world, God, for your glory and in your name. Amen. God Amen. bless you, my Thanks, friend. Thanks, Pastor AJ, for letting me hang out. Yeah. All right. And uh, everybody else, we'll see you next time. Hey, there's one more thing I've got to share with you. I want you to know that you know Jesus and that you will one day be resurrected and spend an eternity with him. The Bible says that all those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That all you need to do is confess Jesus with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. So just say this prayer with me right now. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner and I need a savior. I believe that you died for my sins and that you were raised to life three days later. 
Make me born again in my heart through the power of your Holy Spirit and help me to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer, you are saved. Now go get yourself a Bible so that you can begin to develop godly habits in your life and make sure to join a Bible-believing local church where you can be baptized as an outward symbol of what God just did in your heart. If you don't have a copy of the Bible, send us a message and we'll get one to you. Welcome to the family, friend.